0: Um, hello, everyone out there I don't know where you are who you are, but you're listening for some reason, so uh you don't know yet who you're listening to. My name is Damon Heitman, and no that's not that is incorrect. My name is Damon Jensen Heitman. I am too used to my old name um, uh, and I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, and this is the Friday feature. This is a thing we do every once in a while, uh, on a Friday. And kind of the big idea behind it is we take a little bit of scripture and we hand that scripture off to an artist that we know and we say, what do you think of this thing? So we're in the midst of kind of doing a little series on some biblical characters, some that we know well, some that we know not so well. Uh, so the last time we did this, um, We took a look at the story of Ruth and Naomi and uh, Hannah Jensen-Heitman, interestingly enough, uh, wrote an original song to go along with that. And this week I am joined by Dr. Robin Kuzer. Robin, are you here?
1: I am here and present and accounted for.
0: <laughs> All good things, one supposes. We'll hope so. <laughs> uh, so I, I asked Robin, um, and we'll get to it in a little bit, uh, to take a look at Peter. And I handed some passages off to him and said, what do you think? Uh, and uh, Robin has, um, would you say, a, a long history, a history of
1: church musicianship. Well, I've I've been involved with church musicianship ever since sixth grade when I played the organ at the Presbyterian Church in Brokenville, Nebraska. So yes, I guess, and then coming to college, I was always in the chancel choir here and been involved with the music at First Presbyterian Church since then. Right. So I don't know that I have a degree in music as far as sacred music, but I do... I have an interest, in, and yeah. I am a musician, so I guess it all pairs together. It seems like it. It you're, seems like you're a nice well, combination. You're well-versed. Well, thank you, you're kind to say
0: that. <laughs> we might say. Uh, and professionally, you've spent time doing what, we should tell the people?
1: Well, I was the former chairman of the music department at Hastings College for 29 years, where I was a professor of music. And also teamed with some other departments, including the physical education department and the English department and the teacher education department to look at music and and those other areas together. So we had some nice collaborations there. I retired several years ago from the college side of things and moved to the Hastings College Foundation, where I'm an associate vice president in charge of development.
0: Nice. Nice. And you uh, direct the choir here. I am at the director First of the chancel
1: choir and I play in the bell choir. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I, I passed along these passages of scripture to you, uh, and you, being a well versed church musician, went directly to the hymnal.
1: <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Why the hymnal? Well, you know, the hymnal is, is not only a collection of wonderful hymns that, that deal with faith and religious. Belief, but also uh, tell the heritage of our religion and our faith and and a lot of history. And um, I often find the Bible, just the texts of the Bible sometimes somewhat confusing, maybe a little archaic in their wording. And oftentimes I'll try to find a hymn based on that verse Mm. or based upon that passage in, in the Bible. And the hymns have a tendency to speak to me a little differently than, sure. than yeah. just the, the written word.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you're talking about using the
1: hymnal as as an interpretive tool. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Our hymnal is set up in a manner that it, it really is quite a... a uh, it gives us access to a lot of educational material. Yeah. If you look in the back of our hymnal, uh, you will find, and probably mu- pretty much any hymnal is set up this way, but you'll find a set of indices, indexes, uh, that can be used in a number of ways. The first one you find is a topical index, where you'll find uh, hymns, uh, based upon their topic or perhaps the calendar or or what fits the liturgy of of the day mm-hmm. and uh we're we're very fortunate in the fact that I think our worship here at First Presbyterian Church oftentimes really fits together well because of the homework we do and as ministers and and as musicians. I know Linda Volweiler is very conscious about finding. Organ music that fits the theme of the day and yes. the choir anthems and the bell choir anthems. We try to pair and and in our work uh, often try to support what's going on from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are highly organized. We we have a tendency to be that way as Presbyterians <laughs> in that way. <laughs> and then in addition to the uh, topical index, there there are indexes that actually. Show the book of the Bible and tell the verse that the hymn comes from and, and pairs that way. Uh, the reverse of that is just a scriptural and uh, psalm indexes. Uh, the one that I like to look through is to see the history and, and the background of hymns, and you find that in authors, composers, composers and sources of hymns to hymn tunes. Then there's a metrical index also, and I won't even get into that because it has to do with the syllables in any line <laughs> yes. of music. But um, I just think, looking at the topic of the day, Peter, he's such a interesting character because there's a dark side to Peter, and then there's also a side that shows a, a redeemed side, if you will, or, mm-hmm. or a side where he uh, really becomes what, and serves the purpose, he's the, the cornerstone of the church. And our Catholic brothers and sisters literally believe they've built the church on yeah. St. Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's we can find hymns and hymn lyrics that talk about him. And it was kind of interesting. I'll, I'll share some of those with, with everybody. But what I found is the, the dark... Peter is in hymns that we usually find and this is how we teach it in elementary school but dark sounds and, and they're in minor keys mm-hmm. <laughs> right. minor keys and then when we find uh, Peter the fisherman and uh, the, the disciple who goes into the world and, and feeds the lambs and tends the lambs and feeds the sheep we find those in major keys. Yeah. And so that is, I think, a, 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 the, just the, the genius of composers mm-hmm. uh, using a dark, dark sound and then the brighter major key yeah. uh, to reflect just the character and the story that's going on mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, and to reflect the mood of that. The, I think
0: there's a lot of sort of and those are sort of the interpretive clues right that you're that you're talking about that you would know when you look at the when you look at the music you are like, right. okay, oh oh interesting minor and oh that's interesting key and um that sort of thing um the rest of us wouldn't necessarily know just by looking at the sheet um but when we hear it on the ear like oh yeah. the bad guy just walked in the room for yeah, some and, reason yeah
1: and and for the most part you know uh music tells a story on its own yeah but it certainly supports the text in these cases, mm-hmm. yeah. and there, there are some wonderful melodies that are in ma- minor, or you know really, you can almost play them in major and they 're lovely too, but because of the harmony and the harmonization used, they become a, a more of a dark palette yeah. of, of, mm-hmm. of music, if mm-hmm. you will
0: yeah, uh, well, let's take a look at some of these some of these texts. so you talked about. Um, Peter, as with most of the disciples, we might say, um, we get kind of a, Peter runs the gamut, right? He, he's, exactly. Um, he's uh, one of the, you know, one of the, and I think one of the stories, for example, of Peter you know, that we are probably familiar with, uh, the disciples are out in a boat, it's windy, it's stormy, um, Jesus, uh, all of a sudden they see Jesus out walking on the water. Um, Jesus says, Come on out. It's cool. And Peter right away is, okay, here I go, right? Um, And he gets a step in and he says, maybe not such a great idea. (laughs) And so just in that that one story alone, we get this image of a disciple who is full of exuberance and faith and here we go, we're going to do this. And then a moment later, the disciple who is... Doubtful and anxious and worried, um, which is so reflective of our own mm-hmm. experience, right? As, as disciples. Um, so I, I picked out a few different passages, um, from, from Peter's life and I shared them with you and I started, um, and we, you started kind of started picking up on this, this theme of Water uh, and Peter, having grown up as a as a fisher right. person, right, uh, and and his relation to water. Well, and
1: and I think not just Peter's relationship to water, but in the life of 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 that time, water was so essential, and most of our biblical stories are are somewhat in in a desert, dry area, mm-hmm. and water was they were dependent upon water for uh, for life, yeah. quite honestly, and. Peter as a fisher person, a fisherman, went into the water to make a living to provide he he found a source of strength and and in uh, other ways to to feed people he was you know it was his livelihood to fish and but he also knew the dark side of right. the water he he knew that fishing could be a hazardous occupation, and mm-hmm. many people went out but never came back and uh, he's confronted with being in the water, and then a storm comes. Right, and, and Jesus talks to him, and uh, literally um, saves him from from the water, if yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. And so he, in the same way that he probably, or in a similar way to what he trusted, knowing that water would provide, Jesus provides. And in the same way that uh, water can be discouraging or you can go out and have a bad day and you don't feed your family or you don't mm-hmm. sell your fish, you've had a bad day out at sea. Um, he may relate to the being in the water and the wind coming up as you know, a destiny kind of thing, a mm-hmm. bad destiny, if you will. Mm-hmm and turns to Jesus, and, and yeah. Jesus becomes the good and yeah. the Savior. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to hear that um, you make that connection that to Jesus being the source of life in the same way that the water is the source of the right life, right? And that connects scripturally into other parts. Very much you so. know Where Jesus says, I am the living water, um, and, and those sorts of things. And, so. you
1: know, also, Damon, in, in another genre of musical or if music, the the spiritual yeah. is interesting because so many of the spirituals literally refer to water and crossing the water to go to heaven. And uh, shall we gather at the river? Yeah. And there are so many uh, wade in the water, spirituals, that become symbolic of experiencing the water mm-hmm. before the salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally, I mean... Baptism does the same, is yeah. the same symbolism. Yep. Really. Yeah,
0: yeah, we get, there's just lots and lots and lots <laughs> um, of references um, to water with, within both Testaments, Older Testament and Newer Testament.
1: Um, but yeah, that, that's a very powerful sort of metaphor. What, I, what I'd like to do is just yeah. uh, talk about one of the hymns that we often sing at our church. Uh, it's number 721 in the hymnal. It's, Lord, you have come to the lakeshore. And it it tells this story in pretty common terms. Yeah, uh, not directly re- re- referring to Peter, but you can certainly understand Peter. And I'm not going to sing today. I'm just going to play the tune and read some some of the text. But. Come to the lake shore, looking neither for wealthy nor wise ones. You only ask for me to follow you humbly. O Lord, with your eyes you have searched me, and while smiling, have spoken my name. Now my boat's left on the sh- shoreline behind me. By your side, I will seek other seas. You know me so well, you know my possessions. My boat carries no gold and no weapons. You will find there my nets and labor. You need my hands full of caring, though my labors to give others rest and constant love that keeps unloving. You who have fished other oceans ever longed for my souls who are waiting. My loving friend, as thus you call me. O oh Lord, with your eyes you have searched me. And while smiling have spoken my name, now my boat's left on the shoreline beside me. By your side, I will seek other seas. Mm-hmm. As you can see, that really parallels the story. Mm-hmm. Another, another hymn that we often sing is, Will You Come and Follow Me? Which is literally known as the summons hymn. Uh, so we're summoned by Christ uh, to to follow him and to do to do good. And it this is a lovely tune. It's a, a Scottish melody that, that has been adapted for our use. But Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? Will you care for cruel and kind and never be the same? Will you risk the hostile stare should your life attract or scare? Will you let me answer prayer in you and you in me? Will you love the you you hide if I but call your name? Will you quell the fear inside and never be the same? Will you use the faith you found to reshape the world around through my sight and touch and sound in you and you in me. I think, again, that call to service, that mm-hmm. summons, if you will, mm-hmm. to do the work of God, yeah. uh, which Peter calls us to do, that, and, and Jesus called Peter to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, the church, that's what we do.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too, that you pick those both out to be reflective of this sort of calling passage. Um, so the you have come to the lakeshore. That uh that's is that in three four? Well probably the way I played it it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it's seven twenty one and then
1: Yes. It's in six eight 6-8, six, eight. Okay. okay. and then seven what's seven twenty six in? Yes, it's in a it's in a three four meter. Is
0: it? Because they both have this especially the first especially the come to the lakeshore when you're playing it, to me, it has this feeling almost of of waves coming in and out. Like there
1: is an ebb and flow to it. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, and
0: so. and they're both more sort of flowy than sort of than what we might think of as a traditional hymn uh,
1: that's very sort of structured and uh, and maybe I'm. Well, no, I think that, you're right on. And and another another piece of that is just the cultural aspect. Sure. Um, so many of our hymns are. Uh, English or, or written in the United States or come from a European. Um, Lord, You Have Come to the Lakeshore is a Spanish folk song. Yeah. Yep. You know, from Spain. And you kind of feel that... That kind of yeah. feeling. And then, uh, then also then the uh, second one, Will You Come and Follow Me, is the Scottish. And I think almost like you know you can almost see a bagpipe and i'm no bagpiper believe me but uh yeah. even in three four they could march I think. yeah but that and that the the sort of folkloric
0: nature of the way that those songs sound and feel um also i guess so then when you're using that song to imagine the scene it's uh it feels more um, natural is the word that I'm going to use. I don't know if that's the right word or not. As, it's not Jesus marching down to the shore and pointing and saying... The invitation is and, different. Yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. form of the invitation yeah. is
1: different. And, you know, I think the other thing about American hymns, new hymns, um, our hymns, for the most part, are just starting to be passed from generation to generation. Hmm. Uh Folk hymns or, or hymns that come from folk songs or, or cultural sure. backgrounds, have, those tunes have been passed for many, many years and from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the beauties of folk music, yeah. generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And the history goes with it and the purpose and the heritage.
0: Yeah, then it becomes that, that shared... History and that connector well, from and, generation to you know, generation. They say music
1: being the universal language, I think mm-hmm. you put a frame in that too. That f- over time, mm-hmm. I mean, music is one of the things that lasts when many other things don't. yeah
0: Yeah. I've, I've. Many theologians have said that um, we, we learn most of our theology actually through hymns. As, I agree. <laughs> well, for good or for ill, example, we have learn learned it through. I'm hymns. I'm assuming the
1: Presbyterian, Presbyterians in Hastings are. Are listening, but um, for years at First Presbyterian Church, the the young young people learned the books of the Bible and everything because of the the musical wise guys or one of the musicals that listed all of the prophets okay. and and they knew all the books of the bible in the old testament sure. because they'd all sung about sense. them <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. you know that, that was a wonderful teaching tool that music mm-hmm. not only do we see it as a worship vehicle but also a an educational yeah, vehicle, if you will. Yeah,
0: fuel. for sure. Uh, so that's a couple of, of tunes to sort of go along with that calling uh, part of Peter's life and connect with his life on and around the water and the different sorts of places that that water shows up. Of course, another big part of Jesus' life is his role Um in and around uh, the events of what we call Holy Week, right. um, so the the last the Last Supper, uh, Peter is uh, saying, "Well, no, you can't, I, you should not be. I can You can't. Wa- Are you gonna wash my feet? I don't know. That seems weird. <laughs> I should maybe be washing your feet." and, uh, and in one of the gospels, he, in the garden, he's the one that picks up a sword and cuts off a guard's ear, uh, and, um, Jesus says, uh, you know, you're gonna deny me, Peter, and Peter says, not I, I (laughs) that's not me, I didn't have my hand in the cookie jar, um, and then, of course, he's, he's at the trial, and Jesus goes inside, and Peter hangs back, and, um, people seem to recognize him and that seems to make him uncomfortable at least. And he does in fact deny knowing Jesus um, three times. And there again, we get this sort of, Peter runs the gamut of, I'm going to, I'm going to fight to the end and you're not going to take Jesus to, I don't know that guy. Uh, I don't want any part of this right now. Um, And you, I think have picked out a couple of of hymns that sort of go along with that part of his narrative and, as you well. Know, the,
1: again, the, the, the way I look at this, that's a pretty heavy story to understand yeah. when you read it in the Bible. But again, a lot of the hymns that, that surround the Last Supper or that are based on the Last Supper that set the scene for the the, the crucifixion and then the resurrection I think are, are wonderful vehicles to learn mm-hmm. and understand the story of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Um the 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 contrast, if you will, and i I see this in in some hymn lyrics between Judas, who also is a villain in the in the story mm-hmm. and Peter, who becomes somewhat of a villain because he doesn't admit to knowing Jesus, right. but you see a salvation afforded Peter and Judas doesn't see that as a possibility and goes and hangs himself and they're both negative influences in this story yeah but you know one is saved and one chooses to follow Mm -hmm. and the other one feels no way and I think again the contrast of the bad but the good coming out of the bad and then the bad and nothing really Mm -hmm. good is in in store yeah and of course, every story needs to have a villain. Well, that's right. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. so, but the, the two hymns that I chose, Damon, the first one is This is the Night. And I'm just going to, uh, it, it takes us all the way through Easter's laughter and the liberty of the, the crucifixion. But the two verses that I think are, are very poignant in this This is the Night. This is the night, dear friends, the night for weeping when powers of darkness overcome the day. The night the faithful mourn the weight of evil, whereby our sins the Son of Man betray. This night the traitor, wolf within the sheepfold, betrays himself into his victim's will. The Lamb of God for sacrifice preparing, Sin brings about the cure for sin's own ill. Hmm. I think that that text, uh, just talking about Peter, saying that uh, he is the traitor wolf within the sheepfold, betraying himself into his victim's will. Yeah, and I that's heavy. Yeah, that that's really heavy. Yeah,
0: the last the last phrase um, that you read,
1: uh, uh, sin. Yeah. Uh, brings about the cure for sin's own ill. Yeah,
0: sin brings about the cure for sin's own ill. Yeah, this it's, is very
1: yeah. That's a lovely, and the, lovely the, piece of writing. There. it really is. Who wrote that? Uh, the text is we, by. We should give them uh, the credit. It's a t- yeah, it's a, a <laughs> translation, actually pretty current, 1990. Uh, the tune, which is from the 12th century, is again m- harmonized mm-hmm. in the very dark minor but Mm -hmm. here it is. on the last verse when we get Easter, we do this. <laughs> because yeah. we want everybody to be happy for yes. Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd end up yeah. major. <laughs> the other one is "Sharing Paschal bread and wine. Shadows lengthen into night." And there it's a short hymn with a refrain that just goes, "Shadows." lengthen into night and this is the tune of the the refrain harmonized it sounds like this shadows lengthen There are eight verses, but I'm only going to lift three of those out of, the, out of the text. The first is sharing Paschal bread and wine as the daylight ebbs away. Friends at table join to dine. One of them will soon betray. Second verse, in a grove of olive trees underneath a darkening sky, Jesus warns as he foresees, Peter also will deny. And then the seventh verse: While the web of darkness grows, Jesus suffers through his trial. As the herald rooster crows, Peter speaks his third denial. Shadows lengthen in the night. I just think it sets sets mm-hmm. a scene. Oh if yeah. Nothing else that mm-hmm. you really understand the Mm -hmm. darkness of the story
0: yeah and they they both have a very pensive um kind of feel to them and 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 maybe and maybe also just because we're we're not as used to listening to things in a minor key this sort of kind of vague sense of I, I'm not entirely sure what's coming next
1: that's exactly right the question's not answered yeah you're always waiting for something else mm-hmm. when you're hanging by a minor key it's kind of like you know we get into something in like if we're singing amen mm-hmm. if we don't get the amen you know if it's not on the end Boy, we haven't finished the hymn. Yeah. Well that's kind of the same way minor is. We just can't leave just it there. Feels, we have yeah. to get it.
0: <laughs> I need a
1: yeah, I need a resolution yep.
0: here someplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that um the the t- the two. This is the night. The two zero six. And I don't know if we we're looking at "Glory to God" is the name of the hymnal. I don't know if we ever mentioned yes, that or not. The purple but, hymnal. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of parts where it, it kind of like hung on kind of a high note.
1: Um, it felt like to me for a little bit. That. Yeah. What's the th- the third line? Actually, the first and second line are just pretty much the same. The mm-hmm. last line is the same, but the third line then takes us.
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. just gives it that sort of i'm I'm hanging out there and i'm not and the last uh, line provides
1: the 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 Mm -hmm. resolution we need even though it's minor it it provides a a resolution
0: uh so there's a a couple of tunes that go along with sort of Last Supper and Jesus' denial. Um, and speak directly
1: yeah. of the character because they yes. talk twice in the in mm-hmm. the second hymn of Peter denying yep. and Jesus predicting that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then we go you know the story of Peter goes on and we didn't, I didn't even send you passages into the book of Acts of the Apostles and uh, all of Peter's exploits there. Um, but it goes on and especially in, in the Gospel of John we get this lovely scene at the Gospel of John uh, where it's it's post crucifixion uh, and it's it's one of the resurrection appearances of Jesus um, the disciples are out fishing um, and they see someone along the shore and and they're not sure who it is at first. Uh, then they think, oh, that's probably Jesus. <laughs> and they, they head back to shore, and Jesus has made breakfast for them. And we get this lovely bit of scripture. And especially in John's gospel, this is, this is really sort of a, a redemptive moment for Peter. Um, uh, the, Peter and Jesus have this conversation uh, and Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He asked him a second time, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, tend my sheep. And then a third time, Simon, do you love me? And then Peter felt hurt uh, because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Um, and it's and it's really it's a it's the reverse image of his denial um, he denies Jesus three times and then he uh expresses his love for Jesus and receives the command um to tend the tend the flock to care for the sheep three times as well um, and it, and and so we we get again this sort of full sweep of the Discipleship experience of of failing um, and being loved, regardless of that. Um, and were there a, a, were there a hymn or two
1: that connected with that you passage know, to you? There are a lot of hymns that that call us to you know be moved and and live a life of Christ, doing good work and mm-hmm. and feeding feeding the lambs and tending to the flock. Uh, and and feeding the flock. I I found it interesting in these passages that we talked about uh, loving the Lord first, and then feed my lambs, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know the translation if those worked, but we, we use feed and tend, and just feeding somebody is much different than just Tending to all of their needs, mm-hmm. yeah. and the fact that that in the in the passage, we not only feed the lambs, and and to me that means much more than just f- food to fill a stomach. Sure. Feeding the lambs is yeah. literally educating, and yeah. Yeah. teaching mm-hmm. and caring yeah. for every need that the lamb has. Yeah, all of the ways that we yeah. nourish yeah. Yeah. our little ones. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that. You know, Jesus let the children come unto me. That's that's a reference. I mm-hmm. mean, that's probably a nice parallel there yeah. that we should all think about. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, feeding feeding the flock is a little different than feeding or tending to the flock. And uh, mm-hmm. again, so the, the the hymnal does have lots of passages and hymns that and lyrics that fix on that theme. But uh, the one I I found that I think to be very appropriate, and we've already talked about "Will you come and follow me?" But um, is one called "Bread of Life from Heaven," and the the refrain is "Bread of Life from Heaven, Your Blood and Body given. We eat this bread and drink this cup until You come again." And then the verses break now the bread of Christ's sacrifice, giving thanks. Hungry ones, gather round. Eat all of you and be satisfied. In Christ's presence, the loaves will abound. Hmm. And seek not the food that will pass away. Set your hearts on the food that endures. Come, learn the true and the living way that the fullness of life may be yours. Love as the one who in love for you gave himself for the life of the world. Come to the one who is food for you, that your hunger and thirst be no more. Dwell in the one who now dwells in you. Make your home in the life-giving word. Know only Christ, Holy One of God, and believe in the truth you have heard. Finally, drink of this cup and declare his death. Eat this bread and believe Easter morn. Trust his return and with every breath, praise the one in whom you are reborn. I think that just pretty much sums up the life of Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, many, so many different chapters, if you will, yeah. and, and stories. Mm-hmm. But when you put the whole story together, it's one of sin, denial, uh, redemption, Mm-hmm. And finally, leadership yeah he's he's chosen to lead the people, yep, and not only feed but lead the sheep, mm-hmm. and yeah, we have a church because of it, yep, yeah, it's
0: very human for sure Pretty yeah so. and and when you you know on Sunday mornings, we read ten verses of scripture, maybe twenty <laughs> on a, you know like, like we just get little snippets um. <coughs> All the time, and so it it's becomes difficult for us to to sort of keep the big, keep the whole image, see the whole story, yeah, in mind. And you know, the gospels um, they're really they're actually they're really novellas, right? They're um, really meant to be read in
1: one sitting. Well, and you see the whole transformation, yeah, that this way, mm-hmm. if if you can, you know, take bits and pieces and put them together, you get the whole story, which I think. Only makes the bits and pieces more significant.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, um, yeah. So there's there's a little rundown of uh, the, the hymnal and some of its some of its helpful little tools that it contains within itself. Uh, a few sort of samples and ideas of, of how to sort of use the hymnal and the hymns that are in there and the wisdom of the. Songwriters and composers and lyricists um as as a, as an interpretive tool um for scripture itself um any any big closing thoughts any small closing thoughts
1: well i you know again I'll, I'll just say music is a very powerful tool, and I think one of the blessings of living in Hastings, Nebraska and being a member of the Presbyterian Church is knowing that people appreciate and acknowledge that Mm -hmm. fact and they they don't just see music for music's sake but music for the sake of many other things Mm -hmm. and as a musician as a church musician i'm very appreciative and i'm very thankful and i i thank god for that attitude (laughs) because uh it's where i come from and it's what i believe and i find great uh a great source, it's a great source of comfort and satisfaction mm-hmm. to me to be yep. able to, to serve in that way.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, that the pastoral staff of First Prez is very appreciative of, um, of the way that music is, is appreciated and used and uh, shared within the life of the congregation as well so um, my thanks to Dr. Robin Kuzer for joining me this afternoon my thanks also to Roger Shukai um, who recorded this for us because it was more inputs than I felt that I could comfortably handle so that is the Friday feature for this time around and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another one and here's a little outro music for you to enjoy Toodaloo!